0: Hi there and welcome to Red Access on the future of community transport. In this episode we're looking at what the future of community transport might actually look like. My name's Ollie, this is Red Access. Let's jump in. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Red Access Podcast. In this week, we're going to be discussing things about what the future of community transport might actually entail. Um, So what's that going to look like in the future? Because as technology advances and things move forward on a driving level and a, a scheme level, we wonder if maybe one day we'll just be sat at home and a droid or a drone will rock up and just pick us up and take us to hospital. It's a really intriguing area and an area which is going to continue to change and grow. I mean, by now you've probably formed an opinion on whether or not driverless car technology is going to be sticking around and whether it's actually good or bad for society. I mean, I always keep coming back to that option of who makes that decision in that crucial moment of what they're going to do. I mean, if you've got an elderly lady crossing the road and a child's running across in front of you and a driver's coming right at you in a white van, who decides who hits what? I mean where does that decision come from? Does that go back into a lab somewhere with a software developer who's already pre-programmed all of this? Or do you as a driver have to take control, which completely defeats the whole point of driverless technology? I mean, although I think the technology is here for us, I think we're going to be years away before we see legislative, legislative change coming in to actually support any concept of driverless vehicles on our road. It's Again, it's quite, a, quite an interesting topic because... So many different people have have an opinion on it. Yet, if you look at the automotive industry, companies are spending millions on developing this kind of software. I mean, Volvo have been developing assisted driving for, for years now. I mean, I had a, a Volvo uh, uh, V40 and I pressed a button on my car and it literally parked itself so well, I actually couldn't drive out. I couldn't actually drive out of this parking space. And I looked like a right fool because I parked really tightly into this street and I just could not get out. I had to wait 22 minutes um, before someone came back with their shopping before I could actually leave the car and and get out of the space and and, and go home. It was quite embarrassing, but it really was quite powerful. And I remember the first time I I pressed the button, I I just had to have a mate in the car just to prove that the car either crashed itself, worked. And I I remember I, I sat there and went, wow, I mean, you know, this car just parked itself. I mean, I got so cocky with it. I used to sit back with my hands behind my head, just leaning back and press the button and going, yeah. And it used to get these people watching me as this car was just parking itself. It was a few years ago now, but but everything's moved forward quite a long way. And, uh, you know, we're now seeing stories of where Uber have been doing studies and things and, and, and vehicles are crashing. And, it doesn't really instill you with confidence, does it? When you you see a story in the news and it's sort of an autonomous vehicle that's set fire, and you're thinking, you know, can you imagine if that was somebody that was using this as a community transport service that was just trying to get to the shops and you know, sort of scarred them from life for life just because we had to use the latest fad? Um, you know, I mean, what do you think? Do you do you think that the future perhaps is too is too far away, or are we are we pushing too fast? Um, it's a really interesting subject. I think another problem as well, when I when I think about it, is the amount of stuff we read in the press about this uh, is. I, I think the media really do hype up some of the capabilities because uh, I think some of some of the stuff just isn't there yet. I mean, you know, you see these great adverts of like Land Rover driving over big rocks and going up cliff faces, and I I think um, yeah, you know, it really is good for that, and, and that's obviously built into the vehicle already. But you don't see so many stories about how the vehicle stopped in an emergency and had to make that split second decision, again coming back to what we just said a moment ago about, you know, who makes the decision over who crashes where or, or how they crash and, and God forbid that the software in the, in the car makes the decision that the driver indeed is going to take the hit and you just hope that all the safety features function as they should. I mean, time and time again, when we look at our stats on Red access, there's just no getting away from the fact that you know, demand for community transport services is on the rise, and it is going to increase. Um, I mean, is autonomous driving, do you think, a way of meeting the needs of your volunteer drivers? Uh, do you think that, you know, you'd have a, a, a group of people that sort of go out there and drive uh, sort of a concierge sort of service that get there, there and back? Or do you think that you will be manning a drone uh, squadron that's, that's on the ground? Or who knows maybe in the air is it? Is it the future is up rather than down I'd really love your thoughts on this so, I mean get in touch and let us know because I think it's, it's one of these sort of discussions that's going to open up a whole host of opinions and, and you know nobody really has the right answer I mean we're all governed by the depth in which we can design for a human you know they've still got to be transported from A to B I mean transport is that invisible thread that gets us to where we're trying to get to I think if I could summarise what I think going on I think with community transport yes there's an increasing demand but there's a long way to go I think before we see the end of the passenger driver relationship I mean not only that there's got to be some massive leap uh, and certainly a legal uh, precedent that has got to be had over, over the legalities of this and how we ensure for autonomous driving in the future and I reckon that's probably going to take a lot longer to figure out than the actual technology to move the car by itself in the first place I think really the bigger question we've all got to ask ourselves is, you know, what are we doing with community transport? What's the point of community transport? I mean, would your passenger feel comfortable being driven by a stranger? Um, I mean, when you think about it, that stranger is software code. I mean, it could be artificial intelligence, which has been developed by thousands of workers over numerous years. I mean, imagine getting into a car and being told the latest improvements have now been made to your vehicle. Have a safe trip. I mean, would that instill you with confidence that, you know, last week you might not have been that safe? Um, I mean, you look at the updates that we put out on Road Access and the software is always getting better all the time. So does that put you in a position of um, at risk, you know, if you're on version one of your autonomous car and next week you're on version six? and what, what could have possibly happened in the meantime as you're traveling on these services? So I think all of these sort of questions and issues are going to have to be ironed out before we actually even entertain the idea that autonomous driving is going to be used to take your passengers safely there and back on on your journeys. I think the other interesting thing which hasn't been discussed much actually in terms of community transport is a lot of the service providers have got a very good knowledge of their local area and the people that use the services and as we develop things like road access features we're obviously making things easier for you to use and we we were thinking the other day you know is this actually removing some of our intelligence of the local area so I mean, we sit remotely from all the users of our software, but we use technology to understand the local area using mapping engines. And, you know, it means we could run a service from from the middle of the country right up to Edinburgh, right down to Cornwall, and just connect the dots in between. But, you know, is that a good or bad thing? And again, I guess we'd love to hear from you on this, because if that is the future, then does this mean that the whole point of your services is just transport? But... I suppose we always look at it as saying, you know, transport is that hidden thread, that really it's all about involving people in the local community. Therefore, should people in the local community be the ones that are taking the phone calls, or do you think it's acceptable that maybe a chat bot would have a discussion with you over the phone and you don't need to actually even know who you're, who you're talking to? I mean, this came up with something we've been working on in Wales, and this discussion came up that, you know, you could have a volunteer driver or, or a coordinator who's had their voice synthesized and they're perhaps not in the office on that day, and you take a call from someone, they book in the journey automatically or via a chatbot, and then for some reason something goes wrong, and then they come in and get a complete hounding off someone for doing something wrong, but they weren't even there in the first place, and it raises this whole question over, well, what's your identity, who's doing what, and and why, and you you do think, you know, as we grow into this personalized uh, environment of sales, certainly, you know, Community transport is all about providing a personalized service. So could a chatbot or could technology provide that kind of personalization, coupled with maybe driverless cars that we have kind of come to know and love about community transport? I'm not so sure. It'd be interesting to see I guess as technology evolves and it adapts to how we how we talk and how you know our accents and dialects you know can you imagine if someone was from the northeast and they booked in a journey and it was the completely wrong place and this this passenger gets in the car and goes completely the wrong direction uh and takes about 20 minutes to get there because they're thinking you know this is the wrong the wrong way but technology isn't wrong right and they get there and realize that they're in the completely wrong place for the wrong appointment at the wrong time and obviously that would be a really bad thing for the, the health and safety of that passenger. So, you know, there are aspects surrounding technology and the advancements that really haven't, I don't think, come to fruition yet and it's going to take a while for everything to settle down and actually probably look at everything and say what is the point of the service we are providing what value are we actually bringing and I think that's going to be something that's going to be really important and I think you know with our Red Access community we're trying to get people talking and connected in ways that perhaps haven't been done before and we hope that in doing so these kind of conversations will come to the fore and together we can start solving problems but maybe looking at the bigger problems together and then Sort of sifting down into solutions that the lower end, at the operator end, that you know those are the ones on the front line that they need to be well informed about what they're doing and why they're doing it. So coming back to you know perhaps whether whether technology removes our intelligence or not, you know does road access, for example, reduce your intelligence? I mean, in a word, we don't think so but it does take out a lot of the mundane tasks that you used to do and enables you to work at a higher standard. And what we mean by this is you don't have to remember that your driver license has run out because Redixis is going to tell you this. It means that you can scale up your services to 100 drivers and it's always going to remind you the drivers that have run run out of their license or run out of an MOT or something. It's, it's something your your brain doesn't have to remember because nobody's going to be, be able to remember that, right? And it means that you can get accurate assessments on all aspects of your services but in the process you're actually giving away some of the control that you might have had at a lower level. So if you're had, if you running on a spreadsheet you'd understand more about what your passengers are doing but as we move into autonomous and machine learning and artificial intelligence we're actually putting our trust and faith into a machine that is learning how we work to better provide a service that we might not even fully understand ourselves well thank you for listening to this episode if you've got any questions or you want to raise some some opinions just let us know visit our website at www.roadexcess.com start up a chat with us in the bottom right hand corner or just chat to us if you are already a user of redxs within the app itself and just let us know your thoughts